Maybe start a brand new series. Um, the next four weeks about the prodigal son. And I think the story of the prodigal son has a lot of aspects actually. And I think the prodigal son was looking for his own identity. And identity is always a big word because I believe everyone along the journey, somehow you're searching for the godly identity. It's the question, who am I? Who am I really? And I think a good explanation is the, the two cans. If you have like a can, there's something inside. And from the outside, two cans, they're looking both the same actually. But the can illustration is quite, quite simple actually. Because if you're looking for your identity, it's often we, we chase after something. For example, we chase after certain things and then I feel really full and loved. It's like drinking from that can. If I open it, Oh, so refreshing. If you're chasing after clothes, for example, if you're buying clothes, this gives you a kick, right? For maybe a week, right? Then you're buying more clothes. This is my new t-shirt. I'm so happy for one week and the next week it feels, looks like boring. Then you're chasing after performance. If I really perform very well, then I feel really, my identity gets stronger. It kicks you in. And I cannot drink everything, you know. You know, and then after a while, you, you're searching after uh, success. You're very successful and all of a sudden you get a very bad email and you say, oh my gosh, not everyone is pleased. Then status is also something. And after a while, you're searching for so many things and your drinking gives you a kick for a while and after a while, you feel empty. From the outside, it looks very impressive. Oh my gosh, it's a can, it's a Christian, goes to a church. But from the inside, you feel like empty. But what is the problem? There's always a moment of pressure in our lives. For example, the coronavirus brings a big pressure to the whole entire world. Check this out. If you are empty, and there comes a pressure, this happens. It's still a can, but not so nice anymore, right? If you're filled with the godly identity, filled with God's word, filled with the presence of God, it doesn't matter how heavy, heavy, heavy the pressure gets. Check this out. You understand? That means our identity, it's a big topic, actually. Let's go straight in the story of the prodigal son with a drama, and then we will dig into an amazing story. There was a man who had two sons. The younger son spoke to his father. 
Father, give me my share of the family property. So the father divided his property between his two sons. Not long after that, the younger son packed up all he had. Then he left for a country far away. There, he wasted his money on wild living, spent everything he had. Then the whole country ran low on food, so the son didn't have what he needed. Spoke to a farmer. Give me work. Please let me feed your pigs. Please. The son wanted to fill his stomach with the food the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Then he began to think clearly again. How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? I'm dying here of hunger. I'll get up, go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer fit to be called your son. Please make me one of your hired workers. And that story is actually searching after an identity. And let's go straight into the text in Luke chapter 15, verse 18 to 19 from the Living Translation. Here are some really nuggets. It's crazy what he's actually saying. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heavens and you. Here is a fact. I have sinned against you. Here is a fact number one. If this fact there comes a dot that will be no not big deal. But it opens up, the sense goes on. I think everyone and each of one, you have some facts in your life. Maybe you are a little bit lazy in your job or maybe uh, about the truth. Uh, you have your own way to say certain things or maybe you have an addiction. I think everyone and each one, you have a fact in your life, right? He goes on and says, and it comes the word end. And the word end actually is not coming from God. He comes up with the word end. If you are not happy with the fact, he makes a conclusion because I have some facts in my life, I am no longer worthy. Check this out. This is crazy. This is not a statement from God. It was his own statement. If you're lazy, if you're born addicted, if whatever you're going to see in your life, that means after a while you make a declaration, I'm not worthy because if I will be right and fine and righteous, then God really, he will love me. Check this out. 
if there are some facts in your life, you make your own declaration. It has always an effect in terms of relationship, of being called your own son. Here in the first statement are three things. There are some facts. Then he thinks, I'm not worthy anymore. It comes from himself. And then it's an effect always on the relationship. The identity is actually always a big topic in our lives. A lot of people, they're growing up with the mindset. If you have growing up in a family, it goes like this. If I behave very well, if I behave like in the Swiss culture, being nice and friendly and generous, coming home with good numbers in school, then my parents, they will be super happy. But if I don't behave very well, I'm not good at school, my parents, they don't like me anymore. The same ga game goes on with the relationship with God. If I behave and doing everything according to the word of God, then God is super pleased about me. But if I'm not behaving very well as a Christian, God is not pleased with me. Then goes a level deeper. What if we're hitting rock bottom in our life? The prodigal son, he ends up by the pig. And you have to understand in the Jewish culture, the worst possible place to be is staying and living with pig. Because pigs are unclean, unworthy, and he ended up in a rock bottom, in a place where he thought, I have no value, I'm not worthy, and my father, he cannot please with me. Here are some words when we hit rock bottom or when we're facing the pit things. Stinginess, failure, lies, pride, doubt, and envy. What will be your word tonight? What will be your fact in your life. Maybe you say, I'm addicted, I'm not friendly. What will be your word? And here is always what happens. The devil always knows your name. But he always calls you by your sins. But God knows your sins, but always calls you by your name. He calls you by your name. He calls you by your name. God calls you by your name. It's not a small detail. It's very profound. Let's give God for that fact a big shot of applause. He calls you by your name, not by your failures. Check this out. The prodigal son felt I'm a failure. I'm not worthy. I failed. I missed. I have sinned. That's why I cannot be worthy anymore. That's why my father must hate me. This is often a mindset we have in our lives because not, my performance is not perfect. That's why God cannot and will not be proud of me. The devil always knows your name, but always calls you and you and you and you and me about our sins. But God knows our sins and calls us by our names. And we have a unique name. Let's go in the second part of the prodigal son. And you will see and hear how the father changes his name with the rope. The rope of righteousness was an amazing story in the prodigal son story.
So he got up and went to his father. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with tender love for his son. He ran to him, he threw his arms around him and kissed him. Father, I, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer fit to be called your son. I'm Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let's have a big dinner and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. And now he's alive again. <laughs> Lost. And now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Come on! Hey, isn't that crazy? He was searching after his own identity. He felt like rock bottom, actually. He ended up by the pick and he said, hey, I'm not worthy. I need a restart in my life. And there's a small, tiny detail. It's the rope. If you check out this rope, you say, oh my gosh. It's very unique. And now I look very handsome, right? This rope has an amazing meaning for you and me. Let's go in the, into the Bible and let's do a little bit study. What is the meaning of the rope? You find it in Isaiah chapter 61 in verse 10. I delight great in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and read me in a rope of righteousness. There is a rope of righteousness. The rope of righteousness means actually God has dressed us and he covered all our facts, our issues. They're under my rope and God puts a rope on it and says, what I see is you're my son and my daughter. This rope has a price. And that price meant that Jesus Christ died on the cross on my behalf to forgive me all my sins and iniquities. And he is the real deal in my life. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you really believe right now that Jesus Christ has forgiven all your sins? Do you really believe that? Some, yes. Some, like Swiss people, like neutral Maybe, maybe not. No, it's yes, of course, it's a necessary, it's a no-brainer. We say yes, we know that for sure, theologically, God has forgiven all our sins. We know that, we believe that. But between, between believing and feeling, I'm still worthy, despite what I did, it's another story. 
while still we struggle so much in our lives, we're covered with the, with the rope of righteousness, we are forgiven, but still we're walking around and we're not sure if I'm really valuable. God really loves me. He really believes in me. And there is a reason, and I want to go to be with you guys into the Bible, because the story of the prodigal son, whose Jesus mentioned, you can find the same story in the Old Testament. A lot of people say, we don't need the Old Testament. We only read the New Testament. No, Jesus always taught things in the New Testament from the Old Testament. Let's go into the story of Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 and 4. And here you can find a very deep truth why we're still struggling in our life. A very complex text. I hope you're able to follow me. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. That means Jesus. And Satan standing at his right side. Check this out. He's standing at the right side. Why is the right side so important? And he accuses me. And in that Bible text, you can read by yourself, you can find the story of the prodigal son, everything. Why is the devil standing on the right side? The devil is excusing even Jesus. You have to understand, to understand what the right side means. You have to understand Hebrew thinking, godly thinking. The right side always in the Bible stands, for example, if a father wants to bless his son with all the inheritance, he took the right hand. Sorry for the left-hander. He took the right hand. He laid his right hand on the head. And the right hand means, I bless you, I lead you, and I guide you, and I protect you. Check out in that text, the right position all of a sudden is Satan. Satan is not leading you, protecting you. Satan starts to accuse even Jesus Christ by himself. And that right position in our lives, it's so crucial and so important to which voices we are listening to. Because in Romans chapter 8, in another Bible verse, speaks about the right side. Paul is mentioning the right blessing zone again. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, he was raised to life. He is at the right hand. Check this out. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's not accusing you and me. He is fighting for you and me. And here's the problem in our lives. We know for sure we are forgiven, right? We are dressed with the rope of righteousness. We know that for sure, but still our feelings speak often another language. Do you know why? We have a right problem. The right position, either the devil accuses you with some facts, with some figures, with some failures, and we start to believe, oh, that's right, I did that maybe five years ago, three years ago, a week ago, and all of a sudden, we feel really super low, self-esteem low. Or Jesus Christ is standing in the right center, is not accusing you, he fights for you. And that's a very 
different story. Because the prodigal son, he believed there was a time, there has been a moment when the father was pleased with me. This was the day when I was at home. But when I left home, I left the value, I left my identity, I left the blessing zone. And often we really believe in church, if I behave very well, then God is super proud. No, it's a question about the right position. We have to give God the right position. Because he fights for you and also for me. Hey, let's go into the third part, because there also have been the older son in that story. And this is really special how the older son thought why he is valuable, why the father is so proud about him. Let's go into the third part of the story. The older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants. What's happening here? The servant replied that his brother had come home and that his father had killed the fattest calf. He had done this because his brother was back safe and sound. The older brother became angry. He refused to go in. So his father went out and begged him. But he answered... Look, all these years I worked for you like a slave. And I've always obeyed your orders. And you've not even given me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. Now this son of yours comes home after you wasted your money with prostitutes. And now you celebrate and kill our fattest calf. My son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. This brother of yours was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Hey, the older son is only mentioned maybe two verses in the Bible, not more, unfortunately for him. But he had the same problem than the prodigal son, actually. Because the older son said, I always worked for you. A lot of people think if I perform, if I work, if I go into a small group, if I'm giving the tithes and all those things, God, you must love me. We still believe if I perform, then I'm valuable. The prodigal son, he said, if I'm going back to my father, I offer my father to be a day worker. It's the same thing. Even the prodigal son, if I work again for you, father, like working always, if both are working, that means then, you father, you must love us. Do you understand the whole point in the message? 
We often think if I perform, if I read the Bible, if I give, if I pray, if I do this and this and this and this, then God will please. And God is saying, you don't understand. You have a birthright. From the beginning, you're my son and my daughter. Even then, when you do nothing, I still be super proud of you. Hey, I have two boys, and when they were born, no one of them cleaned my car when they were three years old. They did nothing. But I was super proud. I showed pictures in the church and everything because they're my son. You are in the same position. Even though you do nothing, God is super proud of you. Let's give this team a big shout of applause. So I would love to wrap the message. Everyone is searching for his new identity. But there are some facts in our lives. We did certain things in our lives and we feel we're not worthy anymore. And we say, God, you cannot be pleased. Then God sneaks in and covers us with the rope of righteousness. We are covered. We are forgiven. We are belonging to the family of God. But the devil is fighting for the right position. A lie has only power when we believe the lie. Do you know that? A lie has no problem if we don't believe it. But if we believe a lie, then a lie gets super powerful. And here is one thing in the story, and I want to ask you to do the same thing. You have to delete certain words in your life. Let's go back to the Bible verse we have actually have started in Luke 15, verse 18 to 19. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heavens and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please delete the word no longer. You say, and I am worthy of being called your son. Please delete this word because this word is not from God. You came up with that. I am worthy of being called your son. Do you know why? The robe. I'm covered with the robe of righteousness. That's called grace. Grace doesn't make sense for us human beings. Grace means undeserved, but God has covered my old life. Please, this is the statement I want to ask you to do. Come on, come on. And check out what happens with the devil. There are no facts anymore. Can you see facts? No, all the facts are on the floor, deleted. You know what the devil does? He goes and tries to fix those facts, but they're already forgiven. Don't pick up what God already has forgiven. Don't ever pick up, don't ever mention what God has already deleted. And God looks at you and you and you and you and you. You know what God sees? Your name. 
your rope, your destiny, your identity. I would love to close with a picture. When I studied the story of the prodigal son, there's one small detail. The father ran to the son and he kissed him. Do you know Rembrandt, he painted an amazing picture about the prodigal son and when he draw the picture, you can see the prodigal son was on his knees saying, Father, please forgive me because in those days you had a big respect to your father. But when the father kissed the prodigal son, they saying they kissed him in his forehead. Why the forehead? Because the forehead is a symbol of what we believe, our thoughts. Often we think I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, we are not enough. And I think right now God the Father will kiss your thoughts, kiss your thinking, kiss your destiny. You are more than enough because you're covered with the robe of righteousness. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I don't serve because I'm a son, because I'm a son of God, I start to serve. So important, what is our foundation right now? I want to ask you to do me a favor. Can you stand up for a moment with me live and also live streaming? I really want to pray right now for all those people you have some facts in your life and you really believe or some people say it over your life, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're not smart enough, you're not loved enough. I really want to pray for you guys that God really kisses your forehead that you know and you feel and you know I am forgiven. I belong to the family of God. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Because Searching after the identity, it's a big topic for all generations. And Father God, I'm so sorry for all the things I have done in my past. Yes, I am a sinner. I did certain things and they're not right in your eyes. And I ask you right now for forgiveness. When you ask God for forgiveness, you know what God is doing? He covers me with the rope of righteousness right now. Everyone on each of one, He dresses you with a brand new rope. Yeah, there are things under you, but you're dressed as a statement to the seen and unseen world, you are forgiven. You belong to the family of God. But there are sentences right now in you, sentences that are spoken over you and words that have been spoken over you and you believe those words. 
They have marked your soul. They have marked your emotions. They have marked your spirit. And right now, Father God, I will delete those words that have been spoken over me. I will delete it in your mighty name of Jesus Christ. They don't have power. They cannot define me anymore. They cannot define all those relationships. I want to ask you right now, wherever you are, there are some words that have been spoken over you. And you have started to believe those words. You felt those words. Right now, wherever you are, I want to ask you right now, can you delete those sentences? Can you delete those words? Can you delete those actions that people made to you? You have the power to delete those words in the name of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, delete it. Delete it right now. Delete it right now. Delete those words. In the name of Jesus Christ, there is power. If you call up to the name of Christ, there is power. There's so many words and so many curses have been spoken over you. And right now in the scene announcing world, I declare that those sentences and those words, they don't have the power anymore over you. I am worthy because I'm your son. I am worthy because I'm your daughter. I am worthy not because of my performance, of the performance of Jesus Christ on the cross. I am saved. I am healed. I am forgiven. I am placed in the family of God right now. Hey church, whenever, whenever you are forgiven, whenever you receive forgiveness, no, sometimes you're going home, it comes on Monday, it comes on Tuesday, it comes on Wednesday, and also on Wednesday, the devil sneaks in into the right position. He sneaks always into the right position. But you're saying, devil, the right position doesn't belong to you. The right position belongs to my friend, Jesus Christ. He fights for me. He prays for me. And right now, I just want to say to all those people, that your right position belongs to Jesus Christ. When we sing to Christ, when we worship Him, I make a declaration, the right position belongs to you, Jesus Christ. Because you fight on my behalf. You fight for me. You bring the best out of me. You have covered me with the robe of righteousness. That's why, can you lift up your hands for a moment? Lifting up the hands means, Jesus Christ, here I am. And I praise you, I adore you, I position myself right now. I am covered with the robe of righteousness. I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God. Come on, church, let's lean in.